Welcome, everyone, to Episode 9 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. In this episode, we are joining four Avalon Bay associates. Liz Smith, our Senior Vice President of Asset Management. Susie Maglich, our Senior Director of Design. Parks Underdown, our Program Manager for Maintenance. And Angela Keckler, our Director of Ancillary Services. As they share their stories and advice on our topic, creating your own career path. Welcome to another episode of Speak Up Podcast, and we're thrilled today to have a discussion about creating your own career path. My name is Liz Smith, and I've been with Avalon Bay since 2001. My current title is Senior Vice President of Asset Management. I office out of the Fairfield, Connecticut office, and I oversee the Northeast. Within the last 19 and a half years, I have held positions starting with the development team, then the RS operations team, and in my current role in asset management. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by three of my colleagues who I've had the opportunity to work with over the years in a variety of different ways. And we're going to share our story and our journey with you. Angela, would you please introduce yourself? I am Angela Keckler. I have been working for Avalon Bay since 2013. I started out in RS, Senior Community Manager, and then I did make that pretty challenging transition to the corporate office. I've had basically the same kind of position in ancillary services, director of ancillary services. And um, it's been a great change for me, really felt like a growth opportunity and always something different. And uh, so I've been very blessed with my um, path at Avalon Bay. Excellent. Thank you, Angela. We're excited to learn more, more about that, that path and that transition. Parks, can you please introduce yourself? Certainly. Thank you, uh, Liz. Thank you for hosting today. My name is Parks Underdown, and uh, my current position is the maintenance program manager. I am also out of the corporate office uh, here in the Mid-Atlantic. And um, I would say that uh, during my tenure at Avalon Bay, I've I've been fortunate enough to have, I'm going to call it six different positions. I've been here for uh, 13.88 years. Excellent, Parks. You're close to uh, the 15-year intermission mark. Exactly. Looking forward to that benefit. Excellent. Thank you for your service and that introduction. We're excited to learn more about about your story. Susie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Susie Maglich. I'm in the design group in the corporate Arlington office as well. I've been with the company. I can't do the exact math that Parks has done, so I'm just going to round up to 17 years. And my current title is Senior Director of Quality Assurance and Design Resources. And that title has changed seven times since being at Avalon Bay, which I think just goes to how your career can change over time. And so I think my title is a, is a good example of that. Absolutely, Susie. And, and we're thrilled to have you here this morning and, and excited to, to learn more about, about your journey and how and why that title has changed over the time. So I think what's interesting is we have quite a bit of tenure amongst the four of us. And, you know, if I reflect back when I joined the company as a young, you know, young person interested in development, I never 
imagined that I would be overseeing the Northeast asset management platform. I didn't know what asset management was. We didn't have, we as an Avalon Bay did not have a redevelopment and asset management team. So it would have been very difficult for me to imagine myself in this role. I'm curious, Parks, tell us a little bit more about when you first joined, what your role was, and did you ever anticipate that you would be sitting where you currently are? That's a great question. Thank you, Liz. I don't want to say I never envisioned that I would be where I am because, I mean, I always felt personally that I had a little bit of drive. But when I started, I started out on site with RS. They stuck me at a community called Avalon at Providence Park. And so I always felt silly answering the phone because I'd have to say, thank you for calling Avalon at Providence Park. This is Park speaking. And uh, it just it, it, it sort of sounded a little, little silly to me every time I said it. But I started off on-site and um, was fortunate enough to sort of, we'll call them initially, uh, make a few lateral transfers to progressively larger or more difficult assets and being able to manage some of the community consultants at the time. And from there, it just progressed. Angela, you also started on-site. Did you ever anticipate that you would be working on the types of projects that you currently are? That's a profound question. I think I was always as a community manager. So I started out, you know, leasing and kind of moved through assistant managers when we had those and worked for a couple of different property management companies, had lots of management experience. And in that experience, I really, I was very drawn to ancillary services. I was always thinking of ways to add amenities for the residents and sort of improve their, you know, their home, their community. So I was definitely focused on that on day to day and just like a way to innovate and, you know, just made it exciting for me, I think, for the residents to have something new to offer um, and trying to keep abreast of all the innovation and so on that's a part of that. I didn't really know that there were directors of ancillary services or I started out as a program manager of ancillary services. So I was thrilled when I started feeling like I need to a new challenge. You know, I'd been a manager for eight years and for about a year at at Avalon Bay, but I had a long career of that. And I was looking for something different. And this job popped up, a new listing at the corporate office for program manager ancillary services. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, this is exactly what I, you know, I transitioned that I could make that would be challenging and exciting. And so I guess I, I didn't really think about it, but it makes sense in retrospect. Well, I think you you tapped into one of our cultural norms about we we innovate and the fact that you that was something that you were drawn to and uh, the innovation associated with delivering those new products and services to our residents and then being able to utilize the job listing to see that there there were those opportunities. I think that's really amazing to make those connections. Yeah, and I think it's such a so great to work at Allen Bay because it's such a large company and so there's a lot of different roles that are out there um, across the country. And so, you know, when you are ready to make a move and you feel like you need a change and you're looking for an opportunity, you know, you really can oftentimes find something really fantastic at Avalon Bay. Thank you, Angela. Susie, you didn't start in RS. You've always been in the corporate office. Can you talk us um, or explain a little bit more about when you first started at Avalon Bay? Did you envision that you'd be where you currently are? within the design group? Absolutely not. I had no idea I was going to end up in the design group. I actually have no design experience. 
It all started after college. I took up a job with a general contractor and our entire responsibility was to oversee the construction of refrigerated warehouses. And I knew, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I knew the building and development industry. So I found Avalon Bay. I knew that they were a great company. And at the time they were hiring for procurement. They were starting their new procurement department and they had an an opportunity for a procurement specialist. And so I applied to that job and I got it. And about a year and a half into that role, I learned that I didn't like procurement. (laughs) I, I don't think I was the best at it. You have to be a good negotiator. And I just think I left a lot of things on the table and wasn't really for me. But fortunately, there was another opportunity that popped up in the design group for an assistant design manager. And I think that what women tend to do is say that they're not qualified or they're not ready. And I saw the the word manager and I was like, I can't be a manager. I don't have enough experience. And fortunately, I had a lot of coworkers that supported me, that pushed me, and they said, just go for it. And I went for it and I got the position and I landed in the design group and I've been fortunate enough to stay in the design group for the the remaining years that I've been at Avalon Bay. I think that what has been so amazing for me is that my role was never clearly defined. I was able to just create roles within the design group and which is why my title has changed seven times since being at Avalon Bay, but I was able to evolve and my role was able to evolve over time at Avalon Bay because I could kind of make it what I wanted to wanted it to be. So I had, again, no idea that this is where I was going to end up. It's interesting. You touched upon how you overcame that imposter syndrome that thinking that you weren't ready for that job that said manager on it and that you had a support system around you to encourage you to take that risk. I'm curious, Parks, when you made the transition from on-site to the corporate office, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know we have lots of associates who are on-site and there are there's wonderful career paths there in a number of different ways, but making that transition from on-site to, to the corporate office. How did you know it was time to do that? And and why did uh, you do that? I guess it's a little bit related to what Susie said, where it was like, you know, she, she had a feeling she didn't want to build refrigerated warehouses for the rest of her life. And while I enjoyed, I really did. And I enjoyed my time on site very much. I just sort of knew that personally, I just did not want to be in sort of a customer service facing field forever. Right. But it was back in 2010 and I made the mistake of not only having my first son, but also uh, starting graduate school during the same month as having a, a newborn. So actually, it was sort of by happenstance, and it's just because of the bond I guess I was able to build with my manager at the time. I was actually out for six weeks taking care of my newborn because my wife had to go back to work. And I got a phone call from my manager, even though I was not actually working saying, Hey, there's this new position open. I think you'd be great at it. This is like what we've talked about. You should apply. You should apply. I applied and spent a lot of time interviewing. It was for the regional operations manager position here in the mid Atlantic. Uh, spent a lot of time applying for it and uh, was fortunate enough to, you know, to be able to make that leap. So Parks, you had a lot of change going on in a short amount of time, graduate school, newborn, new job. 
Can you talk a little bit more maybe about the role that that manager, that manager seemed, seems as though you had a good relationship with your manager at that time that you were having that. We did. I mean, that's one thing I would encourage anyone working not only just at Avalon Bay, but honestly, anywhere in the world, you do need to be an advocate for yourself, I feel like. And it's important that you you share what your goals and aspirations are, and also that others around you are aware of what your strengths are. And so I think that that's sort of what, what led to that opportunity. Whereas, you know, my manager, even though I wasn't there, saw that, hey, I think that this, you know, this person would be a great fit for this type of opportunity. And, you know, getting the phone call when you're not even showing up in the office day to day was, I definitely felt like I had an advocate. So I think it's important to build strong relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And similar situation for me when I was working in the development group, I loved being a developer, working in the Boston office. I had two small children at the time and was approached about an opportunity to relocate to Connecticut to um, oversee operations in Westchester and Connecticut. I had never thought about transitioning to a role in RS. I would say, Susie, I had some of those imposter syndrome feelings like, I'm not ready for this. Why would I do this? I can't do this. I've never been in RS before. But Parks, you know, similar to you, I had mentors and, and advocates who encouraged me to take that risk. And um, what a tremendous learning experience to learn a different part of the business. And I think, Angela, it was you who was commenting about just how, because Avalon Bay is a vertically integrated company, because we have so many functional groups, there are those opportunities to grow your career in unexpected ways. And for me, that meant a geographic change as well as a change of department. And it, it gave me great insight into a different part of the business that I had only had tangential experience before. Angela, how about you? I know you were talking a little bit about self-reflection and then seeing that that job posting for ancillary services. How did you know it was really, this was the time, this is it, I want to make that pivot? I mean, I agree with Parks. Uh, I think you do need to be your own advocate. And that's a very important focus for people to, to develop that and to have the confidence to step forward. I think that though... There's a lot of people that are willing to assist. And I think a key thing is really being open to that help and that suggestion. And I think in my management, my on-site career, one of the things that happened to me, I think that was very formative is I had a manager who was very interested in development of his associates. I mean, he was a profound influence on me because he looked at all of his managers and he said, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to have a binder and he gave us all binder and you keep all your accomplishments in this binder and you have your resume and you really, because your career spans a long time. And if you do want to take advantage of an opportunity, then you have the backup, you know, you have the letters that you receive from customers or, you know, awards or whatever the, that is. And so I really diligently added a lot of material to that. And when I came to apply for the program manager position for ancillary services, I had all that information that showed over the years what I had done at my communities. I mean, I had it in a way that when you go to an interview and you say, I've done this, I've done that, I've put in these this whole new vending area at this community, you know, I've added, I got an ATM agreement for the whole company. 
you know, they're going to be okay, we'll prove it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I go back to my binder and I have all of the things that I need to really make that impactful. And so I think it was an excellent, it was just not, not just the suggestion, but the caring and the concern to think about all of his managers and to how to help them in the future. I think really being open to suggestions like that and taking advantage of that is really important. What a great tip. You know, whether it's a physical binder or a OneNote or some other app, not being afraid to talk and take credit for your accomplishments and, and talk about them and to help you reflect on, on, on where you've been and where you'd like to go. Susie, you had mentioned you've been in the design group with seven different titles, I think, if we're counting them up. How did you know that it was time to, how do I want to say, change a title or evolve? What were some of those signals that you were picking up on? I think one was in the case where I was in procurement, it was more so that I knew I didn't like that, you know? And so I think that was a signal, hey, you should look for other opportunities, identify your other interests and see what else is out there. So I think that's that's a really good clue, I think, for people is if you really don't like something, then, you know, maybe it's time to look for something else. So that happened to me. But I think the other thing that happened to me, I think the most was saying yes to projects responsibilities that I was not comfortable with. They were pulling me out of my comfort zone. And I think that you just sort of have to be brave and you have to say yes to those things. And then I think that once you're in it, you quickly realize, hey, I can do this. You know, it's not as scary as you think. It's manageable. You can pick it up and then you're good to go and and um you're moving forward. So I think that happened to me a lot where I was asked to do a project or an initiative and I said yes and I became sort of the subject matter expert in that area and I think that over time that's really how my title and my responsibilities grew over the course of me being in the design group and just adding those different areas of um expertise. So I would say You know, my advice is say yes as much as you can. If it interests you, you know, say yes and and don't be scared and go for it. Because I think a lot of doors open once you start saying yes. Absolutely. And I think the other part that I really appreciate from you sharing that, that story is the reflection that you had as well when you were in procurement and you reflected, you know what, maybe this isn't what I like to do and what else is out there. Hi, everyone. This is David Alagno, Senior Vice President of Human Resources. Avalon Bay is proud to be an equal opportunity employer and is committed to an inclusive and diverse work environment free of discrimination and harassment. We believe that in order to achieve our purpose of creating a better way to live, we must recruit, develop, and retain associates with a wide range of backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives, and create an environment that encourages all voices to be heard, understood, and appreciated. If you're interested in learning more about a career with Avalon Bay, please visit our website at www.jobs.avalonbay.com. We have all mentioned Avalon Bay as being a, a big company with a lot of opportunities. How do we find those different opportunities in different parts of, of the organization. I know we have a, a wonderful job posting that's, that is internal, goes out every, um, shows all of the jobs that are, that are open and posted. How do you learn about opportunities in different parts of, of the organization? I know 
Parks, you mentioned your manager calling, you and telling you that there was this, but you're no longer, you're no longer, you've, you've evolved from an ROM. So how'd you find out about other opportunities? One thing, I mean, I, I believe when you're in your current role, I think it's important to be willing to take on like stretch assignments or sort of, you know, things that are not only out of your comfort zone, but also allow you to interact with other departments and, and sort of build those relationships. Toward the end of my tenure as ROM, the last couple of years, the shiny new project that was up and coming was the EDW. And I worked extensively with that group while I was ROM and sort of became the ROM subject matter expert on the EDW. Then when we brought Kevin Garrity on board, and just from having that already working relationship, it was just already sort of a natural fit. Like I, I knew the product, I had the relationships, and it just developed organically, honestly. That's great. I think relationships are key. And the concept of saying yes to assignments, stretch assignments within your function, but those cross-functional assignments are really important as you start to get to know other people and and in other parts of the organization. Parks, is there something you'd like to follow up? No, the only thing I was going to say was, Liz, thank you. I I was just going to say, especially if you're interested in, in another department, right? Like ask for something that you can do to interact with that other department. Absolutely. And, you know, we have a networked organization here at Avalon Bay. And so we have tremendous amount of knowledge and resources. And so being able to navigate through the network and knowing who to call. And I think it's been just really, for me, fascinating over the last 14, 15 months that we've been in in COVID, the prevalence of Zoom. So now you can put the, you know, may have been on the phone quite a bit for those of us who are out in the regional offices with people and be able to see people in person and make that connection as you're developing the relationships as well. Angela, how did you learn about, you had mentioned the job posting in um, ancillary services. Had you been working with ancillary services in your job when you were on site? The program manager for ancillary services was a new position. There wasn't an ancillary services department. It was very lucky for me that that arrived at a time when I was looking for a new opportunity. But when I read the job description, I was like, oh, this is exactly, you know, what I've been working on on site. And I I mean, in, in retrospect, it was a great transition. It was a difficult transition because there's so many wonderful things about being on site. You know, you have a team. I managed a team of people. I had two properties. We were pretty close. Just being able to mentor and promote people and really develop them was a great pleasure for me. And then I came to the corporate office and it was very quiet. And I was a single contributor, you know, and I didn't have a team. I mean, not in the same way, obviously. The benefit was that I had that RS experience. I had that residential services background and I really understood the communities I felt like and what their issues and concerns were with ancillary services because I had been there, I had been on site. And I feel like I could be an advocate for them and kind of really see things from different perspectives. So that job posting was just wonderful. Yeah, there wasn't a department because I I would have definitely been looking there, I think. So I, I was just fortunate about the timing. We've also at Avalon Bay, the, the company's had so much growth and we do have new departments and it, it has evolved. And I know, Susie, when you were first looking, I believe, at design, 
the design group looked a very, very different than it currently does today. It certainly has gone through its growth period as well. And just by nature of what you're doing within the design group, you are interacting with a lot of different groups and building those relationships. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's where I'm so fortunate is I'm in a position where I get to work with all the different departments across our entire portfolio. And that has just been such a great experience for me. And it's just really kept my day-to-day so interesting, I think, which is why I've been here for 17 years. I think that when a department is new, I think that there's just a lot of opportunity for growth. The design group when I joined was just my manager and myself. You know, over time, we now have an interior design arm. We have the design resources arm, and now we have the quality arm. And I think so much of that is, again, saying yes to those stretch projects. You know, I think quality was a sort of a brand new concept. It started with an initiative and it didn't have a home. And so me saying, yes, let's take part of this, I think really contributes to the group growing, you growing. And so I just think that 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 is a really important part of your growth and and a department's growth. I also think, Liz, what you said about networking and Park said it too is so important because I think that just for myself and my role, I've been fortunate enough to have key relationships with mentors, with officers and leaders within the company that have helped me identify opportunities. And so they also too have given me stretch projects, you know, so if you say yes to those those become new opportunities for you. So I I love the idea of networking and finding advocates and finding mentors that can help guide you, help provide opportunities. And again, just push you out of your comfort zone to try those things. Sometimes you need somebody who sees something in you that you're, you might not be seeing in yourself and is willing to, you know, pick up the phone when you're on paternity leave or tap you on the shoulder and say, we need to figure out about accessibility or coming up with this, this new department on ancillary services. Sometimes you don't necessarily see it in yourself. You know, I've been fortunate during my, my time here to have mentors and advocates who have done that for me. I will say at Avalon Bay, I'll put a plug in. We have, we're piloting a mentoring program through MentorClick. So there's several of us going through that program right now. I feel because I, I want to pay this forward to, you know, the next generation of leaders because I was fortunate enough to have people who saw something in me that I might not have seen in myself. So there are great opportunities to develop those relationships, whether it's in the formal MentorClick through the formal mentoring program, or just with those relationships that you're developing with colleagues or others. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about, you know, mentors that have been, have influenced their careers here at Avalon. Yeah, I absolutely had that mentor early on. He was a senior VP of construction and he sort of took me under his wing. And he was actually the one that said, hey, Susie, do you want to take on accessibility? And I think in my mind, I was saying, no, <laughs> I don't, you know, but I think just like you said, Liz, he saw something in me that I didn't see. I wasn't believing in myself, but he did. 
And so, you know, I, I took on accessibility and that was such a critical piece of growth in my career at Avalon Bay. I had no idea how large sort of, um, responsibility area of responsibility that was going to be, but he saw that. And to this day, I just appreciate him recognizing those opportunities and believing in me when I didn't even believe in me. And the same thing sort of happened with sustainability. Several years ago at Avalon Bay, sustainability didn't exist and it needed to live somewhere. And our CEO at the time just sort of approached me and said, hey, would you write a white paper on this? And again, I'm freaking out in my head, like, I can't write a white paper on this. I don't know anything about sustainability. I know to recycle. That's about it. But, you know, I did the research. I wrote the white paper. And I think as soon as you write a white paper and circulate it, you become the subject matter expert, you know, and then it just grows from there. So again, it's just other people seeing opportunities for you and you being able to say yes just creates you know, that growth in your role. So I I definitely had those mentors and advocates during my career. And it's not only um, seeing something in in the associate that or seeing something in you that you might not see in yourself, but also because where they are, their perspective, they see how big accessibility is going to be for the company, right? How big (laughs) sustainability is going to be for the industry, for us as a, and are able to make those connections as well. So I think that those are two great examples. Parks, do you have an example? Sure. I mean, definitely, I would say two of the biggest were the the managers I worked for when I was on site. And then also when I was ROM were hugely supportive, always available and provided great guidance whenever I needed it. Wonderful attributes of a mentor, of a coach, of a manager, for sure. Thank you, Parks. We've been talking quite a bit about how our career paths have evolved. And sometimes career paths are not linear. Sometimes they're not vertical or, you know, in Susie's case, not even defined. Would anyone like to share a story about taking a lateral move? I have an example. It's not exactly a lateral move, but it was kind of a risky, a risky scheme to make a change. So I was in leasing at a very large property, doing really well, enjoying it, love sales and working with people and helping them find the perfect apartment. I really felt I wanted to be in management and there was not an opportunity except at a property that was up for disposition. I thought long and hard and I liked my company. I didn't want to leave the company, but I felt like if I get in this position and I had a lot of support from you know friends and family, if I make this move, I'm going to be fine. I'll land on my feet. Not going to be out of a job. I didn't want to go with the new company. You know, within a month, I was in a permanent management position. And it was challenging with the disposition because they're doing all the due diligence. And, you know, there were a lot of things I didn't have experience that I just had to kind of throw myself into it. You know, so I think that it was a leap of faith. And I just, it was actually a pay cut essentially too. I just had to think long term, like, really, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? And take a long view. And I wanted to stay with the company. And, and that's what that was what it took. It's so interesting, Angela, that short-term versus long-term view when you're making those decisions. And it did work out. And you mentioned you had a, a great support system to help you help you think through those pros and cons. 
when I was making the transition into RS, I think I mentioned earlier, I had two toddlers. I was working in the with the development group. I was at that point working three days a week, which was my arrangement that I had. This was... <laughs> This was in 2008. So um, the world was changing around me and I was just so immersed in kind of my home life and, and my work life that I wasn't really seeing what was going on in the macro world. And, you know, so I'm very grateful and fortunate that there was a role available to transition into RS at that time. I will tell you, learning a new role in the midst of a, a recession is a challenge. I went from three days a week to five days a week. I was managing a team of direct reports. I had six direct reports. I'd never managed anyone before directly. I had managed external teams, and but no one reported or, or asset teams, but no one reported into me. So there was a lot of learning. I was very fortunate to have a tremendous support system in um, certainly in my in my husband, but really within the Avalon Bay context with my peer group, the other RS leadership. But also I was paired up with a woman who um, is still with us. She was the RS analyst and she was my tutor. And so I think, you know, when you're making those career changes um, and there are risks involved or you've, you do need to learn new skills, it's okay to raise your hand and say, I need help and to ask questions. And so I think, you know, having a supportive group around you is, is important with that as well. And in the long term, you know, one of the, in my conversations in making the decision to, to make the transition from development to RS, the concepts that several people that I talked to, some mentors of mine said was, understanding how the communities operate will make you a better developer. You know, it became quite clear very early on that the decisions that we're making on the development side have a long tail. Now, fast forward here, you know, 12 years later, I'm in asset management, and I see that every day. I learned so much during that time, and and it was a tremendous learning experience and grateful for the people who invested their time to, to help me learn. Does anyone else have something that they'd like to share about a lateral move? Yeah, Liz, I have something to share. It's a, it's sort of a lateral move on a personal level, mm-hmm. but uh, but I, it also ties into what you just said about raising your hand and asking for help, which mm-hmm. I think is another thing that women aren't great at doing all the time. We want to be super women, try to do everything. Back when I was pregnant with my first child, I was really struggling with when once I was coming back from maternity leave, I was really struggling with coming back full time or being home with my newborn. You know, I think a lot of a lot of women struggle with that. And I didn't really know what the best approach was. I thought at the time that my only option was to quit, which I didn't want to do. I loved Avalon Bay. I loved what I was doing. But you know, as a brand new mom with a newborn at home, there's something about that too, that you just want to be immersed in that and, and do that and, and experience that. And I was afraid, quite frankly, to raise my hand and ask for flexibility or some help or a part-time schedule or something. I was afraid to, to do that. Fortunately, I had a great mentor at the time. And I, you know, haven't been using names, but I'm going to use this one because you're on the call, Liz, you were a great mentor for me during that time. And, you know, you encouraged me that, you know, there can be flexibility 
and let's talk about that and let's see what that looks like and let's talk with my manager and and make that happen. And fortunately, I was able to come back part-time until I was ready to come back full-time. And I always think about that because I would not have been here for 17 years with all of these great experiences with where I am today at Avalon Bay without that guidance and that help. And so, you know, I, I think my message here is to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You're valued at the company. People don't want to lose you. You know, they're willing to work with you. And so just have that conversation and ask for help because you don't have to, it doesn't have to be all or nothing all the time. Susie, I'm glad that we were able to, you know, connect years ago. And I'm glad you had the courage to ask and articulate what you need for yourself, for your family at that time. Well, maybe as we're we're wrapping up, I think it's always good to uh, think about those who are listening to this podcast. And what advice would you give to people who are either starting their career, looking to pivot their career, or looking for new opportunities? Angela, why don't we why don't we start with you? I think on kind of going off what we were just talking about is the training and just Susie and Parks talked about, you know, really needing to say yes to new opportunities. And so if you know in your role, we all kind of understand some of the trends that are developing in our industries or digitizing of our processes is a big new trend. And I would say Along the, I mean, it depends on what role you're in, but if you have an opportunity to really embrace some of these new directions that the company is going, that the industry is going, I think that that will serve you very well. Talk to your manager about opportunities. I've been fortunate to be able to do some training on being a product owner and it's just been, it's been wonderful because it's just something totally different, but relevant and exciting, learning new things. And just the whole networking piece is so important. When you have an opportunity to meet somebody that's not in your area at the company, they're at your property, take that opportunity. Introduce yourself. It will serve you well in terms of down the road when you do want to step out into a new role or you know take on a new opportunity. Angela, I think that that concept of intellectual curiosity learning about the trends and even the the curiosity to meet someone new. I think absolutely it's such great advice for all of us, whether we're just starting out or we're we're further along. Parks, any advice that you would offer to someone starting out or looking to pivot? I would say first, sometimes we all need to be patient. Like your dream job's not necessarily going to be there like one week after you just started working. Secondly, it would be work hard. All of these concepts I've yet to figure out how to teach my children, but maybe they'll just have to learn them the hard way. And then the the third piece of advice that I would give would be to have fun. I mean, work is work, but I think it's important to to try and have fun and to, you know, you need to be in a job eventually that like you enjoy coming to. And if not, you're doing yourself a disservice. So it, it may take some time to get there and some hard work, but that's, I think it's important that you enjoy what you do. Absolutely. Such great advice. Parks. I feel like I, I need to be writing that down for my kids. You know, be patient, work hard, and have fun. And we spend so much time with our work family within Avalon Bay doing our jobs. If we're not having fun, then you know maybe it is that's a signal to pivot. See if there's something else available. Susie, what advice yeah. do you have for all of us? 
I love what both Parks and Angela have said. And, and I think my advice is, is little pieces of what they've both said. I would say be brave, be courageous, step out of your comfort zone and try new things. I wish I had that advice when I was my younger self at Avalon Bay. And I've had to learn that over time. I've had to learn how to be brave. But I think, you know, by trying new things, you just never know what opportunities might come and how that might evolve for you. And I think if you try new things and you don't like it, that's fine. That's great. You know, you don't like it. And now, you know, to pivot or look for something else. And that just helps inform you. That experience helps inform you to something else. And I think, I think about the, the saying, when one door closes, another one opens. But I think about it a little differently. I like to say when one door opens, a whole bunch of other doors open, you know, and I think, I think that's how, you know, I've been trying to think of things is, you know, if I can go through one door, who knows what all the other doors will be. And so I think there's no wrong answer. There's no one right way to do things. Just try things, be brave. And that's, that's the advice I would give. Susie, such great advice. And I love the, the, the switch on the, the concept of the doors and going, being brave enough to go through that door and then so many other doors in front of you that will open up. I think that that's, that's tremendous. I wish I had that advice when I was younger as well. What a wonderful conversation. So thrilled to have spent this time with you all and, and um, really appreciate it. Thank you, Angela Parks and Susie. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. We hope this has empowered you to speak up, too. If you have comments you would like to share or topics that you would like to suggest, you can email us at speakuppodcast at avalonbay.com. All statements expressed on this podcast are those of the participants only and not of Avalon Bay communities. Avalon Bay and the Women's Leadership Network reserve all rights to this podcast and its contents. This podcast is copyrighted and may not be reused or rebroadcast without permission.